You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And I'm Kevin. And we're back doing something a little different versus the last time that we did a little something different. And then all those yeah. other times that we did some more things. Not quite season two yet. We're taking a little detour off of the highway we've been driving on. And uh, we're going to be looking at a few episodes from Black Mirror. I feel like we were looking down at our phones as we were driving and then we just ended up off the road. And I feel that's very appropriate for what we're going to talk about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so... I was been I've been excited. I know we've been t- teasing talking about a different show and I know I've mentioned Black Mirror like 7000 times during the last season before I had watched it and then after I watched the bulk of the series which isn't much it's on Netflix right now people if you've not seen it I also advise stop listening to this episode right now and go watch at least the two episodes we're going to talk about because to talk about them we're going to spoil them and I don't want to ruin these experiences for anybody it's one thing to do Twilight Zone which is like you know 40 years old plus you know it's kind of like I feel like if you haven't watched it by now maybe you know it maybe you know it's okay to know about those things but this I don't want to ruin the first time watches of these for you if you've not seen them yeah and i feel like the enjoyment of some of these episodes really i mean it's it's not even about spoiling it like going in as blind as possible is crucial to your first time viewing on these um so like paul said please stop it go watch them come back and uh, we'll be here waiting for you. Yeah, and I was super excited for you to watch these because we, we were talking about which episodes to watch. I know last episode of our show, I mentioned I was going to pick the episode San Junipero. I called it Audible because that one's its own different animal than the rest of Black Mirror. And since Kevin didn't get a chance to, to dig in as, as deeply as you know as I wanted because I want him to watch all of them so we can talk about all of them. I feel like one day. I feel like that was kind of it's it's a really, really good episode, but I feel like it doesn't really reflect, no pun intended, the rest of the series. So I wanted to really get into more of the like the darker stuff, you know, and I feel like we got we got some good ones to talk about. Yeah, and uh, they kind of fit together. They do, and uh, loosely, not not perfectly, but uh, and they both kind of feel like Twilight Zone episodes oh, to yeah. some extent. So I, I think these fit into the format of our show quite well. Yeah, absolutely. I know. Um, the, uh, so the two episodes where we've we're, we've picked are uh, fifteen thousand. Sorry, fi- I said fifteen thousand. Fifteen million <laughs> merits. Uh, which is from series one, episode two. Um, so the, the there's three series of Black Mirror. The first two are three episodes each, and then the third series is six episodes. 
So it's kind of how the way they do it in Britain. They just name things series. And then we have uh, White Bear, which is from series two, and it is the second episode and the second series. So we're not watching these in order necessarily, but if you guys get in there, again, just, just watch them if you haven't seen them. So yeah, they're, they're connected. I think all these are kind of connected because uh, Charlie Brooker, the guy who created this, I was reading a little bit about him. He's kind of known more for being like um, a media uh, like commentator. And yeah, like, yeah, it looks like he did a lot of satire shows. Yeah, uh, some sort of late night show. I, I was trying to I was going to look up some clips of it to see. It seemed like he almost was doing a daily show over there, yeah. like uh, that kind of humor. Yeah. And so it's so whenever he decided to pitch this and get this written, it was kind of it's not it's not too far off from the kind of like commentary and the way he kind of sees the world. But people weren't sure how this series would come out from someone that's more known for like a sense of humor. And even though there is some really there is some dark notes of humor in these episodes. And that's kind of where it having that kind of like dark sarcasm helps with some of these these twists that are going to happen. Like it's very straight ahead and the writing is very it's it's really good and really serious on these like these heavy ideas. And it's like it's almost kind of like I don't know. It would be I'm just trying to think of like a comedian that we know and appreciate. Like if like um maybe if even like Zach Alphanakis was like, you know what? I've been that guy in the hangover. Now I'm writing some serious drama. It would kinda <laughs> it would kind of catch you off guard a little bit. Yeah. You know? Um You know how I like my dark endings on Twilight Zone. This feels like the spiritual successor to some of those dark Serling and Matheson screenplays that we've seen uh on the first season of twilight zone so this just takes it that step further oh yeah uh, and you know i'm loving it (laughs) absolutely and so (laughs) the darker the better right and uh, we haven't even gotten to some of the more screwed up ones like that's i I can't i don't want to ruin any of it for you that's why i'm excited for you to watch the rest of it um yeah brooker was explaining to the guardian what the title of the series comes from and I, I figure it's appropriate to just mention that first and then we'll dig into everything here. He said, if technology is a drug and it does feel like a drug, then what precisely are the side effects? This area between delight and discomfort is where Black Mirror, my new drama series, is set. The Black Mirror of the title is the one you'll find on every wall, every desk, and the palm of your hand, the cold, shiny screen of a TV, a monitor, or a smartphone. And like, even though these are like science fiction, this always feels like 15 minutes in the future. And yeah. it's, it's like, this is the, this is terrifying to me, you know? And, and like, I, I and I love it. Yeah. And uh, well, with one of these episodes, I had a, I had an encounter actually today when we were driving around that brought me right back into the episode. So I'll talk about that when we get to it in white bear. Yeah. And well, and for, like I, we were late recording this because my wife had thought she had lost her smartphone and then she, she had a panic attack and the idea of like losing this little tiny screen that has all of you in it, like that was a very like as well as moments where I was frustrated because it's like I want to get here and talk to you about the episodes, but then I'm also having to stop my life because of a tiny black screen to go figure out what happened to it. You know, you know what I mean? It feels very, it feels very appropriate. You know, yeah. so, um, but yeah, enough about that. We're we're gonna have plenty to talk about. So, um, we're gonna do um, 15 million merits first, and um, so. <laughs> I couldn't find there's no Sterling like intros to these episodes. So I found some audio from the episodes. So here's one from uh, 15 million merits and we'll get into the episode improper. And I apologize in advance. Resume viewing. Resume viewing. Resume viewing. 
Resume viewing. Resume listening. Resume listening. Oh, man, I am <laughs> deaf. <laughs> I know. Isn't that great? Like I, 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 <laughs> I had to turn my volume like all the way down. Oh, I feel bad for people that don't know that was coming, and you knew it was coming. Um, yeah, it was. It's a very powerful moment in the episode, and I even even got the screen capture of that on the screens. We'll get to that in a minute. I put that up on our, our Facebook page because I it's it's a very stark image, and I and I like. Yeah. Anyway, let's just get into it. That's a uh, 15 million merits, uh, written by Charlie Brooker and his wife. Um, he gives her credit just because uh, uh, he said that um, she said at one point to him, it was kind of her idea as she once remarked that he would basically be happy in a room where every wall was an iPad screen. So <laughs> that kind of fits. So he gave her writing credit. So I thought that was uh, I thought that was kind of fitting. Yeah, and uh, similar to Twilight Zone, I think this was the first episode written, but was not the first one to air. That's true. So um, we you talked did, about the yeah. writing order quite a bit on uh, Twilight Zone. And the, the first episode was the National Anthem, which you had seen previously and kind of... You know. Oh yeah, I've seen it a few times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one is that one's dark as well. So, um, but didn't you like how you kind of went from a, like a like a political type of thing to to this? It was very interesting that, like, very much like Twilight Zone, it, it, it took off in a different direction and it wasn't like the same thing. Yeah, yeah, and this one's got moments of uh, it, it's kind of sweet in certain certain moments. Yeah, <laughs> and then that's pulled right out from underneath <laughs> you. So uh, this was directed. I don't know if you uh, looked up any of the directing information for. Yeah, okay. It, I found uh, Euro Slin, and <laughs> I was. Uh, I it looks like uh, he she. Uh, I don't even know. No. It's a he. <laughs> he. Okay. Um, looks like he did a lot of BBC television work. Mm-hmm. I was not familiar with a lot of it. I um, don't know. If, I, I think you might be a little bit more well versed in that world a, than a, I am. A little bit. I'm not. I, I'm not as big as into the, the British television as you think. But he did direct two episodes of Daredevil on Netflix. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, hmm. Twelve episodes of Doctor Who. Um, just to mention because like that's you know that's big BBC television. People are excited for. Um, yeah. And there's there's some actors in here too that uh, ha- are also have been in Doctor Who. Surprise, surprise. So yeah, the guy the guy has a lot of uh, BBC television work, but he also he I just it's a very um, there there's a, an interesting choice for some of the shots in this episode. We can talk about that further. Yeah, um, we'll blow through the cast. I just have a few people written down. Just wanted to hit the major ones. Uh, first off, we have Daniel Kaluuya, who plays the main character of Bing. And most people know him from his recent role in Get Out, which he was fantastic in. Amazing. So when he popped up on screen, I was I was so excited. Yeah. Um, he's also going to be in the Black Panther movie and uh, Sicario last year or two years ago. One of my favorites from that year. So the guy has a bright future ahead of him. And for good reason, because everything I've seen him in, every time he pops up, he's just incredible. Yeah. And if you guys have not seen Get Out, to just yeah also again stop what you're doing and watch get out and then come back yeah. and then listen to the rest of this episode um yeah but please come back we don't want to keep sending you away um next up we have uh, jessica brown finley who plays abby and she was in downton abbey probably most well known for that which i've never watched but i know it's fairly uh popular. people like it yeah yeah. Um, and she was also in the BBC series, the misfits, which is kind of like they're a superhero show, like with a bunch oh, of okay. like, uh, just, you know, social outcasts that was popular. And she's in that new Hulu series called harlots 
that's actually getting some buzz now too. So she's, you know, still working at television, but you know, that's good. Cause uh, again, these are different than the twilight zone people where it's like, they've been dead for 30 years and they were once in a Western. Yeah, It's really hard to kind of hundred credits. Yeah. <laughs> um, next up we have, this was a surprising one when he popped up. Rupert Everett plays judge hope. And, uh, if, if you talk to me for more than an hour about movies, probably, one one of the ten films that'll probably come up is Cemetery Man, which he plays the main character in, and uh, yeah, I I was so excited when he popped up on screen, I was not expecting it at all. Yeah, and he is a bastard in this episode. Yeah. Like, like yeah, the, he's just, so yeah. good. Yeah, he's really good. Um, and did you did you have anybody else? Like, because I mean, I know the rest of it's there's smaller yeah, parts. I just wrote down uh, Julia Davis as Judge Charity and then Ashley Thomas as Judge Wraith, who is a fairly familiar face. I I couldn't picture him in any role, but I, I know I've seen him in a few different things. Um, so, yeah, uh, Judge Charity, I just want to mention that she was in a TV series called It's Kevin. So I thought that was appropriate. So I just wanted to, hey, to mention that. Yes, it is. It is it's Kevin. And then uh, Judge Wraith, he was in that HBO miniseries The Night Of that everybody was talking all about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what I was picturing. Yeah. So, but there's a lot of other smaller parts. And when I was looking at the names, I couldn't place names because I don't remember any that, like, I don't remember the names being said a lot. So it was hard to kind of associate. Yeah. Honestly, it, the only three names I can remember is Bing, Al, uh, Abby, and uh, Judge Wraith. <laughs> I wonder Just why you, I wonder why <laughs> Wraith stuck with you in this episode. I wonder why. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, that's it. That's, I mean, there's, you know, that's your cast crew, all that. Uh, let's, let's just dig into this episode proper. Um, so (laughs) I kind of want to leave it to you to explain what happened because your first time watching the episode just, uh, but, uh, but if you don't feel comfortable with that week, I can, I can, I can try starting this because this one's a weird one. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot to start (laughs) it. So, um, we're set in the somewhat distant future. I, I don't, they don't really say how far into the future this is, but and it, it, man, I don't even know how to start this. All right, so there's a bunch of people that are working in this building, like tons of people, and their job basically is to ride on these little stationary bikes, like exercise bikes, and they build up credits. Uh, well, merits, hence the name of the episode. Um, so they all wear the same clothes and they have little, uh, what were they called in this doppels, which were kind of like the me's on Wii or like, avatar yeah, things. yeah, like the avatars are like the Xbox 360 avatars, which yeah, like digital personas. Yeah. So their digital personas are really the thing that everyone really focuses on. Everyone wears the same thing. Everyone's super boring. Uh, most people don't know how to communicate <laughs> yeah, that's true. very yeah. well at all. Um, so yeah, I, man, it's so hard to get into well, this. So you, you see the world, um, from the perspective of Bing to start where he wakes up in the morning in his yeah. room where it's it, it, just completely all screens. surrounded by screens Yeah, and, uh, it, it goes to like this and it looks like the Wii graphics and yep. everything. Very and, cartoony. Oh, yeah. So it's like a farm and the rooster pops up and wakes him up and everything. And you see his morning getting ready and going to his bike and, uh, building up credits and flipping through these different channels. And uh, it seems like there are very few channels that you can go through. There's uh, the main show that we'll talk a little bit more about, Hotshot, which is like an X Factor or American Idol type show, um, which is also funny. The 
uh, writer on this, Connie, his wife, Charlie Brooker's wife, Connie Huck. She works as a host on a talk show that's based around the X Factor at one point. <laughs> that, so that makes you sense. You can tell she was yeah. really pulling a lot from that. Um, so yeah, there's the uh, there's the Hot Shot show. There's a sort of porn channel called Wraith Babes <laughs> that pops up quite a bit in this. Um, there is just the scenery, so you can like go through different landscapes while you're riding your bike. And then there is a show, it's a game show, where they're basically just taking all of the people that are out of shape and just humiliating them on TV. Yeah, it was like, uh, what was the name of that show? I can't, like, it's it's a disgusting, like, exploitation, like, just making fun of, of fat people shoving food in their faces. And every channel, aside from the little scenery that your little avatar can ride on when you're doing whatever, all of it reminded me of Idiocracy with how the channels were all just like very garish and in your face. And, you know, like it was lowest common denominator. That's kind of how it felt. And also as you go through Bing's day, you realize that pretty much every single thing that he does cost merits, whether it's getting tooth on his toothpaste or tooth, no toothpaste on his toothbrush. Sorry. Um, if he has to, like there's ads that pop up randomly on the screens and if he wants to skip them, it costs merits, like everything costs something in in this world. And then, um, and you just see it just building and taking away. Yeah. And I, I love the, I love the fact to skip a commercial or change a channel or mute something that you had to spend merits. Um, so you're basically paying for these shows to be made. Uh, by skipping them, like by not watching them, it's it's messed up. Yeah, because um, like no matter what, like they're, they're, as Bing goes through his day of riding the stationary bike, and you don't even know really what the purpose of it is. Like it's just this is the world that they live in. This is the world that they know. You get the idea that um, when he meets um, uh, Abby, Abby, she yeah. she just turned twenty one, and that's how she's there. So there must be some type of like pre-world that people exist in before they're sent to bike land and you don't know what it is but once they're there the whole thing is you just keep riding your bike until either you know you get you can find a way out which we'll talk about that more in a second or you can't hack it and you become an overweight custodian that gets like berated and you wear the same outfits that you see in the fat shaming shows and the first person shooter that they play yeah so uh, bing's going through his day-to-day uh ritual you know and he's uh he's in the bathroom at one point and he hears a uh, abby singing in one of the bathroom stalls and he's just infatuated with her voice and uh she comes out and he he's trying to talk to her and you get a real awkward moment <laughs> where the porn pops up while he's trying to <laughs> speak with her uh i thought that was really funny it was funny um because he's yeah, like so he's like I heard you singing. She's like it was to cover up the sound of my peeing. Like that was yeah. the whole that was an awkward <laughs> conversation. Yeah, and then the porn pops up to make it even more awkward. Uh, I love it. So he ends up uh, getting a second chance to talk to her, and uh, he's he's telling her that she should go on that hot shot show that you keep seeing on everyone's screen. And she's like, ah, I don't, I don't really want to do that. Like, I, I don't have the money to do it. And you learn that it costs uh, what they think is twelve million merits, ends up being fifteen million million merits later. Um, and he says, when his brother died, he was gifted all of his merits, so he's got some to spare. And he tells her, I'll pay for your ticket, you know. 
And you get this really great moment where he's talking about, you know, everything's so fake. We live in this world of just stuff. And I just want something real to happen. Like, I just, I, I need something real to happen. You have to do this for me. And she, she agrees. And uh, he ends up going back to his room and gifts her the uh, golden ticket, if you will, to go on to this uh, hot shot show. Yeah. And and then, um, like, you find out that he pretty much has nothing left at that point to get her that ticket. And yeah. so uh, there's a point where after right after doing that, he's kind of like, you know, like happy for himself. Like, I'm doing something like authentic. And if I remember right, uh, the, the porn thing comes back and he can't he can't skip past it now because he doesn't yeah. have the merits to do it. And he tries closing his eyes. And that's where that sound at the beginning that we played here like all the screens turn bright red. It keeps getting louder and more piercing until it forces him to make eye contact with the screens. And that's when it gets really sinister is like, if you don't have, if you don't have the money for the convenience of skipping these things, you're subjugated to this whenever the system wants you to do it. Yeah. And that'll come back even, uh, in a more sinister moment later on this episode. Um, so the next day, he goes with uh, Abby down to the hotshot studio, if you will. I it, the geography is kind of weird. I assume it's in the same building. Um, so it's, they go down it's the there same building where Cube is. You know, that's that's. I'm, I'm just yeah. thinking that's what's going on. It's the prison cube, but now they just have nicer amenities. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, so they go down there, and uh, she has to basically say. I, I forget what the other uh, celebrity is that they keep bringing up. She's like one of the winners from that hotshot show. Yeah, she looks like Rihanna a little bit. And, yeah. and, and you just see her on these screens. And she just is talking about like, you know, having fame and success. And it's just very, it, it's very like everyone's dream, you know? So mm-hmm. they, yeah, they've mentioned her by name. Like, you know, don't you want to be like her? Yeah. So. <laughs> When she first walks in, they're like, look into this camera and say you want to be like that celebrity. And she says it just a totally half-assed, just like, yes, I, I <laughs> want to be like her. And they're like, okay, move this way. So they get checked in and they go into the waiting room, which is just filled with people warming up their voices, uh, people stretching, people, you know, it's just chaos. So they walk in there and immediately get called to the stage. There's somebody watching on camera who's picking someone to uh, picking people to go out there. And uh, you, you get this real nasty moment with one girl that's there to sing. <laughs> she had been waiting like a week. <laughs> yeah, but she's a good singer. That's what she kept saying. I'm a good yeah. singer. Like she kept like, you, you, you know, your words aren't even good. I don't know how your voice is going to be. Um, but she was well, angry about it. Voices, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And she's just angry cause she's been waiting forever. So, you know, so to speak. And then it's just like, then the guy who is like in charge of wrangling the talent, he was like, I don't know. I just told who to pick just deal with it. So these people are all just sitting in this pen waiting pretty much to go on the show. Yeah. So luckily or unluckily they get called to go right on in after they walk in. So, uh, Bing and Abby walk to the side of the stage and the one uh, stagehand offers her this drink called compliance, which uh, pretty much does what the name says it does. Uh, so she goes out on stage and she, she sings her song, which is a cover of anyone who knows what love is. And um, which you don't it, know this, that song's coming back later in the series. It shows up a couple of times. 
Oh, does it? Yeah, it's there's the episodes aren't connected, but there's like things like that that show up. You're like, oh crap, that's that song. Well, yeah. Easter eggs, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's cool. So she goes out there and sings there, and uh, immediately, uh, Judge Wraith, who is the owner of the Wraith Babes channel, <laughs> is asking for her to take her shirt off or lift her shirt. Graphically so, like, yeah. Yes, yeah. I mean, it, it, there's no holding back from here on out. <laughs> yeah. So he's basically like, yeah, you have a voice, but you know, he's like, I got to see. And I'm not going to repeat what he says. Uh, <laughs> just very, just very to the point. And the other thing we should mention too, the three judges, um, which you know, like you know, was it uh, Hope, Charity, and Ra- Wrath? That's you know, that, I'm sure that's all on purpose. Behind them is a screen that's all the avatars that um, are where, like, however many are watching Hot Shot. And you get these quick moments of other characters that you've met during the episode that are minor characters watching Hot Shot in their rooms, but their avatar is in the studio audience. Yeah, and, and the avatars react in real time. Yeah. And so yeah. the crowd turns pretty quickly on her uh, whenever she's not wanting to take like her shirt off and stuff. And it, it becomes this big choice of she wanted to sing, and everyone's like, "Yeah, we had a bunch of singers last year. Now we want to do something different." And and Rupert Everett is just a, like a monster in the in this scene, like just slick and just I don't. He had that he had that 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 sleazy you know like like an even more evil Simon Cowell type yeah, of thing going I, on. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> it was like if Simon Cowell wasn't just playing a character. And was actually like a terrible human being. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Judge yeah. Wraith offers like, uh, like, hey, um, I'll take you. You can be on. You can be on my show. But you know, basically saying you're going to do porn. <laughs> like is what he's saying. You're not well, going to. They sing. offer her like you can go back to your life and keep going on the bikes and just you know, go back to your shitty life and just keep pedaling and do nothing, or you can never get on the bike again and come do porn on my channel yeah and uh since she took that compliance drink she was you know she was, was kind of listless up there after and she's like yeah i guess so and uh, bing it's oh, so heartbreaking watching him on the side of the stage get mm-hmm. pulled away as he's like screaming out to her yeah because he he sees that she's getting railroaded and this is not how this is supposed to work at all like this is her chance to do something authentic and then suddenly she's going to be just forced basically into another job. Like, like I picked up on the, the statement of like, you know, you can go back and pedal. Judge Wraith was basically offering her a chance to pedal something different, you know? And it's like, just, yeah. and it was very, you know, so she's off on, in this life, whatever it is that she's doing. And then Bing has to go back to his room with, with none, with no merits and is sitting there. And, um, and then all of a sudden the Wraith Babes ad shows up again because that's, you know, porn's always going to show up. I, I don't care what the future, present, whatever, super future, just porn's always going to be there. But Oh, yeah. And, well, and, that's what's feeling technology. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> like, um, so the, the Wraith Babes. Be, there would be no advancement in technology if it weren't for porn. So That's true. So, uh, so thank you. Know, you. We, we get these great VR devices and they're like, well, we got to get porn for it now. <laughs> like, I'm sure the foam was developed just for porn. You know, like <laughs> we need to figure out a way for people to hear things from great distances. I got it. Um, so the Wraith Babes ad shows up again and she's in it. And, and he can't, he doesn't want to see it. So he closes his eyes and all of a sudden the whole system is making loud noises, red screens, all of that. Well, and he tries to turn around at first and it follows and, him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It follows him to the other wall. And that's when he closes his eyes and that comes on. 
and he can't skip it because he has no merits left. So he's forced to just like sit there, yeah, and watch it. And so, and get, it, yeah, the way they edited that was really, really upsetting too, because they they kind of edited it as like reality TV star gone bad, you know. And they they take that clip of her saying, "I want to be just like that star," you know, like yeah. Well, and then uh, then they cut it with like, and and I don't credit to the actress feeling comfortable enough with the script and how they wanted to really make you feel uncomfortable. They showed whoever it was that was supposedly working the, the first person camera, putting their thumb in her mouth, which for some reason that's like 10 times worse than other things I could have saw. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, it, it's just something about that. And, you know, and having Bing see that and how dead her eyes looked while that was going on was just really messed up. You know, like, and so we sympathize. He, like, he loses it, and he tries hitting all the screens and tries to break everything. And he 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 shorts out a couple, but he has to sit there and hear this. And, yeah. and you know, and yeah, that's 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 a that's a heartbreaker. Yeah, and talk about sinister. Some of the sounds coming out as it's like half broken were even more terrifying than what it was before. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he ends up like. Uh, running into the wall and he ends up breaking some glass. So he ends up hiding a shard of glass under his bed. Yeah. And, alongside uh, you with, see, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Alongside with a, uh, the empty, empty container of the compliance stuff that she drank. And, uh, what was, what else was under there? An origami penguin. That was the thing that she, the, the, yeah, whole, the yeah. one of the things that drew him to her other than her voice was that she was taking, garbage like the wrappers and and doing origami with it and so she was taking all these things that don't have value and making something personal that did have value and so he got one of her penguins because they could fold flat so she so he could hide it and it was a really sweet moment um yeah there's a lot of really small moments in this that are really impressive as far as the writing yeah um the origami thing especially the one time she makes one and one of the uh one of the janitors comes by and just tosses it in the trash. It doesn't even say a word, really. Yeah, like they make eye contact, and it's like, and she's like, looks at him, and they look at him. It's like, I have to do this, and just like took it, and pitched it. It was like, there, yeah, <laughs> no sympathy. They were doing their job. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it, there's also a moment, a uh, few times before, um, with the vending machine. There's basically a virtual vending machine that you select your food and. I, I think the idea is that it's it, it, it's not real. I, I, I'm they kind of explained it with the food. Well, no, he he said something about like you know depending upon what you buy, that he was kind of explaining the idea to her about like there's ways that you could fall into a trap of not getting the the right nutrients and then then like kind of like doing that thing where you eat a bunch of sugar but then you aren't balancing yourself correctly. So yeah. so then he was like they're talking about an apple. Uh, for whatever reason, and I don't know if you noticed, I was going to mention this later on, but after when they first had the interaction with the Apple, because she bought one from the machine, did you see behind it the machine? Like all of a sudden, a screen popped up. It said, "People who liked apples also liked bananas," and it had like pictures yeah. of them. <laughs> and it was like <laughs> the social media that. moment of this, like if you like apples, try bananas. It was so just like 2017, but it was like, come on, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, there was, there was some discussion there about eating healthy or choosing like, you know, bad food as well. Um, I, I guess that I don't know how that all tied into working on the bikes, but I would imagine that if your whole, if your whole income is based upon your performance on a bike, you probably do think about nutrition a little bit. Yeah. 
Yeah, so he is he is pretty much left with no money here still. So he decides he's going to save up 50 million merits to buy another uh, ticket to get on Hot Shot just so he can uh, get on there to do something we don't know yet. So it, that's what I was going to say with the vending machine. There's the little trick where it wasn't dropping the food down. You have to reach up into the machine and click a little lever and then it falls. So a few people, somebody showed it to him and then he ended up showing it to Abby. And then when he's trying to save merits, he waits until somebody uses that machine, doesn't get their food and walks away. And then he goes and flips the lever and grabs the food. So he doesn't have to pay for it. Yeah. And he's like going over to people's scraps and eating them. And yeah, he, he's using like just little moments like that. I love like one little bit of toothpaste now. Like just it was like he was just scrimping and scrimping and scrimping because he yeah. had one mission. Yeah. So uh, within a few days, he's able to uh, save up the 15 million merits again. I, I guess they don't really say how long it is, but it doesn't feel like too long at they, all. They use the, the brand on his hand that he got when he went to Hot Shot. And because it like burned a star into his hand, he's like, oh, how long is that going to last? So like they said, usually about two months. And so oh, when you see months, the montage, okay. the stars fading. So it took him a couple months to get the merits. But that's something I didn't pick up until my second time watching it. Yeah, good call. That makes sense. Yeah. So it takes him a few months to save that up. And he finally buys another competition uh, ticket. So he goes he goes back into the room and. uh I I love the montage you get of him trying to figure out what he's going to do when he gets on stage. Yeah. And he's like putting together this dance sequence. It was cracking me up. <laughs> yeah. It was, he was practicing his room and doing all his like, just, you know, what was it like robot moves? Yeah. Yeah. It was just like the worst dancing ever. <laughs> so he goes into the warm up room and everything. He's waiting to be called. And, uh, he gets called pretty quickly again. Cause they're, they're looking for somebody uh, ethnic, I think they say. Yeah. And uh, so he gets called out there pretty quick and he goes out there and he's like, I'm going to do a performance of sorts. So he goes through this whole dance uh, sequence. I love the crowd is going wild. And it, like you said, it's just like him doing the robot and moonwalking across stage. It's terrible. And the crowd is just losing it. And the music he uses is the music from the Wraith Babes commercials. I don't know. Like, I don't know if that was just an economy choice for the episode, but it was the yeah. same beat from from those videos. Because I would imagine that he probably has those things running all the time now to save money. So it's probably what he based his routine off of. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, I kind of took that like... Uh, you know, a lack of choices and all that, you know, <laughs> there's true. probably only so many songs they can listen to or know while they're in this building. It's the same. Like there's only five channels relatively to flip through. That's so true. it's it, there can't be that much music either. Choices really aren't there. Um, yeah. So at the end of the dance performance, he draws the shard of glass they hid on himself and he uh, puts it up to his throat and he goes through a fantastic monologue i i was blown away with his performance in this scene yeah it gives you chills just how much like rage and frustration and just like even even he knows that it will profit him nothing 
but he just wants to tell it to their faces and how like how much he knows and is aware of how fake all this is and how people like ride these bikes and all they want to do is buy like stuff for their doppelgangers and and that's like basically he 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 gives away the whole game and is angry about it and he's frustrated and he's frustrated that they took the girl you know and made her do yeah. those things and yeah and the only just, thing that was real that he was trying to make happen yeah they took it away from him and uh after he goes through this incredibly rage-filled just passionate uh monologue it's just silence. And you don't know what's going to happen because the crowd's silent. The judges are silent. And then you start getting uh, Rupert Everett again, twisting everything. <laughs> like, it, as soon as you see him open his mouth, you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> you know, and he's like, that was the best thing we have ever seen on this show. And the crowd goes crazy. And uh, he ends up offering him a job to speak like that on his channel twice a week for a half hour yeah and then it just the shock look on bing's face of like you know the, the he he's now in the same position that uh, abby was which is basically like i i have a desire i have a dream but then you're given this opportunity of like <laughs> do it's i sell out do i sell out right now just to have a better life even though i know that I want, i'm going to be part of the same machine that i despise and, and he makes that decision you know, and, and it's very, cause you, you see the other people on the bike that you see through the episode that you kind of meet and they watch him have this rage talking about all the different things and just being mad about the system. And in the meantime, as he's talking, one of the, one of the um, people on the bike go flipping through the different wardrobe options for their character. And one of the options you can get is that shard of glass that your character yeah. can have. And so uh, he, you know, as he's talking, he puts the glass down and then the camera stops recording and then he kind of looks out in his, his nice room that he has now and can see out a window and see the trees and, you know, and there's a penguin there too. And I'm sure you probably saw that he bought an actual wooden penguin. Yeah, um, yeah. and, and that's it. Like you, you realize that he, he, um, is not part of the thing that he was frustrated with. Yeah. And I, I love that the episode ends on the actual version of uh, anyone who knows what love is yeah. just playing as he looks out over the trees. Yeah. Uh, just so haunting. And the way he puts the shard of glass into this like nice, nice little uh, box and everything and shuts it. Yeah. It's, it's just so haunting. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love the fact like it, it's such a great statement on, you know, everyone watches 24 hour news, which is just people angry and, you know, yelling and Facebook is just people angry and yelling. But there's there's a sort of complacency with it where no one actually wants to do anything about it. And people are just finding entertainment in the rant. So, you know, the fact that he's saying these things which are true and should outrage people, people just view it as entertainment and it, it doesn't actually inspire anyone to do anything. Yeah, it's kind of like just, that, that, what do you call it, like couch-based acti activism or slacktivism yeah, where yeah. people are like, as long as someone's out there saying the things that I'm angry about, then I feel like I'm part of something. And, yeah, I, and, and I'm guilty of that, too. into the other episode as well. Yeah. Um, that just like social justice and uh, just Facebook anger and all that. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's messed up. Yeah. It, so... That was your first time watching the episode, and it does yeah. take some turns. And you'd mentioned, and I know we skipped over some stuff just because it's it's an hour long. It's you know this could have been a, like a really 
like it was a good episode. It could have been a really interesting movie, you know. Um, and I'd say that from pretty much all of Black Mirror, I'm always like, man, that'd have been if they would have just made that into a movie. I think people would yeah. lose their minds. But uh, I mean, it's only one act away, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like. Once you kind of like got your feet wet with the world and kind of realized like it's all screens and it's all bikes and it's all about authenticity. And then you hear the really sweet, like uh, romantic piano, like that kind of whimsy through the first part of the episode. Did you have like a sense of dread of like, this is not going to end well for these two? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I looked at the runtime around then because I was like, man, this is a, this is really sweet so far. This is this is strange. And uh, I looked at the runtime. I was like, eh, there's about a half hour left. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it, things are revealed so nicely in this. And like I said, it was so well written with these little moments with like the compliance uh, drink and the way when he goes back to get his revenge on the show, he brings that empty cup in. And when she goes to get get him the sip of that before he goes on stage he's like they already gave me one you know and drops it on the floor and that was his way to get out of the compliance thing yeah and uh i think it was actually called cup compliance <laughs> uh, um well because they talked about there's other there's something else that abby mentioned earlier in the episode about there's different things you could do to alter your brain to act differently so there's all these different elements of this world but i don't understand the ultimate goal of it like and I, and that's not a bad thing I, and i know talking about the twilight zone there's times where i'm like i have questions about everything around the episode this one i have a ton as well but it gives you enough of the world that you ask questions but it doesn't take away from the story like, well, I think it's I think it's set in a world that we've seen like this type of future uh, setting. You know, it, it's something it reminded me of like 1970s sci fi. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's a world I've seen so many times, but not saying I've seen the story a million times. I just mean the whole world and what they built in this I've seen. So like I understood to an extent what they were going for with all that stuff. So they didn't need to over explain it. And yeah. I'm glad they didn't because it would have weighed this episode down quite a bit. Um, but yeah, it, I, I mean, I think it's even creepier not knowing what the point of them peddling. Like, are they, is the, is this what everyone does? Like, is this the whole world now? Is this, uh, is this literally their job to power, the TV stations in this building. Yeah. Are they there to power the whole world or, you know, there's so many questions, but at the end of the day, I think it's, I think it's, maybe they don't even know what they're doing there. You know, everyone's so miserable with it. You know, <laughs> like it, it's like going and doing a job where nothing is ever accomplished. You know, you just do the same thing every day and you never get anywhere. No, and I think I think the stationary bike is a is a good metaphor for your day to day life, and then you just buy, you know, yeah, it's, you buy it's, baubles, you know, like to to occupy yourself. Yeah, and it you know, I think we all go through it. You know, you work your your day job, and there are times when you just it gets very mundane. You're like, I wish I was doing other things and you have to distract yourself just to make it through the day. Sometimes, you know, I listen to other podcasts. I listen, uh, to music. I, you know, I'll turn videos on in the side of my desk and stuff. Like you always have to find ways to get yourself through the day. And a lot of times it's distractions and it's stuff. So yeah. this is just taking that idea and just pushing it to the farthest extent possible, you know? <laughs> 
Yeah, and, uh, but there's like there's there's these things in the corners of it though. While watching, like there's this weird fat shaming thing that goes on. Because even like the first person shooter game that he plays in his room, which aside from the content, I want a wall room that I can go into and play a first person shooter. That looks awesome. But anyway, yeah, it did look fun. <laughs> but they're just shooting all the fat people, like, and they're wearing like the custodian outfits, and it's like, and they're not, they don't directly speak to it, but it's just like it's like this weird like um, class thought that goes in because there's another guy we didn't even mention him. He's just like the the atypical person that gives into all this stuff that rides beside Bing that he's yeah. this guy is just an asshole he's a you know a, like just he he's very much um gratification based and he looks down on all the 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 custodians and all the, you know, the overweight people and he's kind of supposed to be like showing you as the viewer like this is pretty much the bread and butter of this world and Bing doesn't want to be like that you know, and but there's all these contexts that go on with with that type of imagery, and then also like uh, the idea that everybody like just the different the avatar based thing too is is yeah, interesting. I to touch on that, yeah, because it's like everything now is getting gamified. Everything we do is getting gamified, and the avatar yeah. thing is is pretty much it. You know, yeah. I mean, I go to the gym and I have certain apps I do to track. Uh, what I eat, what I'm lifting, and I have to hit goals every day. And I mean, at the end of the day, it basically is a game, you know, like I have to stay under a certain amount of points, you know, or I have to hit a certain amount of points or, uh, you know, the, there's games just for running where you have to, or walk a certain, you have to hit your steps, you know, it's, it's basically the same thing as that. Um, but I, I really, the avatar has really hit me. It's that disconnect that a lot of people have online, Mm -hmm. you know, when it's it's not actually you. So you can say whatever you want. So, you know, when everyone's cheering or booing her when she won't lift up her shirt or something like how many of those people, if they were face to face, would be cheering. But since they're sitting behind a screen, their avatars there and they're not actually there. They're free to do whatever they want. And again, it makes their social skills are pretty much gone. Well, there's the other girl in the episode too that you you see in passing, and she she actually likes Bing. You pick up on it, and he doesn't yeah. really return any type of attention to her. Yeah, she's the one that teaches him initially the uh, trick with the vending machine. Yeah, and so when she's watching that episode of Hot Shot, she's like in her room, and you see the look on her face, just like it's kind of disgust. Like she's she's not happy that that's going on. So you get these flashes of the avatar, and then the person in their room. And you mm-hmm. see how that's not always the same thing going on, you know, and that was interesting. And, and it's like there was and I, know, I know you don't know this because I know you don't play video games as much as I do. Uh, about three or four years ago, Xbox Live did a uh, one versus 100 live like game show on Xbox Live. If you yeah. remember the one versus 100 NBC show um, and they would have people on Xbox Live like fill this virtual stadium and they would pick someone randomly to be the one. So you'd see all the Xbox avatars in the stadium and you'd be seeing the one person on the stage that was their avatar. And it was, it was a really fun experience, but it's the exact same thing as this episode. So it's, it's, it's terribly creepy that we're just like, you know, building an avatar where it's like, Oh, that hat's from halo. I got to get that hat. You know, like it's so, it's so blatantly obvious, you know? Um, yeah, there, there's a lot in this episode. That's just, it, it's dense it just it's world building is interesting, but the world it's building 
isn't it's like it's just a couple steps to the side of what we actually have right now and yeah. that's terrifying yeah yeah like i said it's just taking things that we know right now and just pushing them as far as we they can <laughs> and, yeah uh, someone yeah, it's it, it, some of the stuff is on the nose in this like i mean it, it, it's pretty easy to see what they're going for in a lot of the a lot of the scenes and like you said the stuff like if you like apple try banana <laughs> like it's it's a little on the nose and it can play kind of goofy and the episode has a black comedy to it that's just i mean it, it's like pitch black a lot of the times yeah um but there are moments that are funny um it, it can get on your nerves with those with those things occasionally just because it is so on the nose but um Overall, I I think this episode is incredible. Yeah, and so I'll give you this this thought, and we, we can wrap it up here on this one. I was reading some reviews about these episodes as I was watching them, just because I wanted to like dig into other people's thoughts about it. Someone suggested, and I, I don't entirely agree with this, but it's an interesting idea that basically what we just saw was people trapped in a cell phone, not literally, but <laughs> like the idea of being trapped in a cell phone. And you mentioned it with like the limited content and all the apps and all the in-game purchases. And, you know, like you, you can't really interact with anybody because you're looking at your screen and not anybody else's screen. And it was like once I started thinking about that, it got a lot darker for me. You know, like that that's, you know, I have a screen in my hand right now. It may not be four walls, but it's not that far off. You know, yeah. and, and that's not me being like, oh, suddenly I have a revelation. I'm still going to use my cell phone every day. I, I, I The cat videos won't watch themselves, you know, but well, it's, <laughs> I, I make the joke a lot. Uh, Google runs my life, <laughs> but it's it, it's very true, though. Like if if I lose my Google account, um, I lose my email. I <laughs> lose my contacts. I lose all of my password, you know, like everything is saved in Google. Google has everything. I have access to my bank account, you know, and all of that is in my phone. And I use that constantly. So how many, (laughs) you can't, you, you can't make it day to day. How many without your phone anymore? So I mean, I I love that. How many that phone numbers do you actually know? Trapped in their phone. Yeah. How many? What was that? I'm sorry. How many phone? How many phone numbers do you know right now that you can write down and be like, that's that person. That's that person. Other than my um, own phone number and then my own work phone number, I don't know anybody's numbers. And if I get lost, I can't call myself. <laughs> yeah, I barely even know my work phone number. I always have to pull out my business card when I'm telling people. Uh, no, I, I know like my parents. I know uh, my girlfriends. I know me. I mean, that, so I maybe like five tops. That's true. I do know my mom's phone number just because she hasn't changed it in like 20 years. So and then I still remember some of my friends from when we were kids because I would have to call them all the time on the actual phone. Um, that's true. So, like, I still remember some of my friends from when we were kids' phone numbers, but that's not going to help me at all. Is nobody has landlines <laughs> anymore? Like, I feel like I should at least write down my wife's phone number just in case, and I always forget to do it. So, there literally could be a time where we're like just a street apart from each other, and if we don't have our phones, then I guess we're never going to see each other ever again. You know, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. It's it's pretty well, it's pretty goddamn I, sad. I say that about Facebook too, because I you know you go through that like maybe I should get rid of my Facebook for a little while and get off of it. But at the same time, I'm like, how do I know what's going on? <laughs> like, how will people? How will I see what's going on every weekend? You know, like it, and it's sad. Like it is. Can't just can't just call somebody or like 
show up at somebody's house anymore and be a weirdo. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, because I mean, you're uh, I know you're you're younger I'm than gonna me. I'm going to show up at your house and knock on your door and be like, hey, you want to go to the bar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what is, yeah. Why did like, you call me? <laughs> yeah, be like, what are you doing <laughs> you here? Text me. I can't I can't process this without it, like without like, you know, texting you and be like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm busy as I play video games, you know, Um no, like so, you're you're a little younger than me, but you remember mm-hmm. a time before internet. Yeah, okay. I I I love to say like I think I was part of the last generation that remembers what it was like without this technology, and I'm happy because like I've had computers and I've had cell phones for most of my life, so I've grown up being very capable to use them. I'm I'm very tech savvy for the most part. Um, but I also can appreciate turning my phone off and going camping for the weekend, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I can appreciate not watching a concert through my cell phone, you oh, know, or yeah. like it, I can still be in the moment, but I can also appreciate where technology has come from just within my life. Cause I remember what it was like to go walk across the street, knock on somebody's door and find out if they're home, you know, and that devastation when nobody was around and you'd had no idea, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, right. I still remember that. So like, I appreciate <laughs> having the phone and being able to at my fingertips, talk to my friends that live in California, you know, in Oregon, you know, like, like I could talk to people all over the world constantly and I, I can appreciate it. We're getting, we're getting off track here. Well, no, uh, I just, I, I just think I just want to, <laughs> I just want to mention that I, I can remember a time before uh, the internet, when arguments were settled because you thought you knew something. I just can't remember a time where I was confident that I knew anything before the internet. So yeah. like, like, cause we have these arguments or we have these yeah, discussions. Why even and we rem- know anything. You can just look it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Like how, like you, you're right. Like, um, like I may not be good at, at figuring things out. I'm good at asking the right questions into Google to figure it out. You know, and yeah. that's yeah. You know, so I don't think we're really off topic. I just think that it's acknowledging the world, and this is what Black Mirror does. Like there is um, the episode after this one's called "The Story of You," and it deals with um, inner eye cameras that record everything, like day to day life, and people could call it, recall it, at, like you know, when they want to, and it's like that is terrifying. And, yeah. and I, I can't wait for you to watch that episode. That doesn't give anything away because it's pretty much revealed in the very beginning. But it becomes this whole idea of like if you have this immediate recall with all this information all the time, like how does that change your interactions with the people in front of you? So that's neither here nor there. But I'm glad that this episode pro- provided this conversation because I, I, like, I like this one. This is more one of more of the sci-fi type ones of the, of the series in terms of like it's being its own kind of like – contained i don't know what the, yeah, the clean it, looking it, bikes and everything sci-fi. yeah i'm yeah. sorry what were you saying no just you're like cutting the, out i thought you're sorry <laughs> just like the rows of bikes and that like the building that's not explained it, it's one of the more sci-fi heavy looking episodes of the series yeah and it hits that sweet spot for me like i mentioned that uh, like 1970s sci-fi yeah. where things were a lot quieter you know, it, it's not this bombastic uh, War of the Worlds, you know, Steven Spielberg, just things blowing up. I, I like that movie, but <laughs> <laughs> bad example. Um, but it, it's got that kind of quiet sci-fi feel to it. And I, that's the stuff I love. Um, yeah. One other thing I want to bring up, you know, I, I talked about the limited TV channels and limited entertainment and all that. Uh, I, everyone, everyone that knows me probably even from listening to the show, I have a huge movie collection, uh, physical media collection, and I love it. I love collecting Blu-rays, DVDs, VHS, anything, you know. Um, and 
with the days of Netflix and Amazon Prime and all these streaming services, I get asked the question so often, like, why collect the actual discs? Like, you can just find it online. You can just watch it on Netflix. Like, And I always tell people, I'm like, I don't want somebody else controlling what I have access to. You know, and that's the fear in this is that somebody else is controlling every piece of media that these people are ingesting in this Mm -hmm. episode. And it scares me to death because, you know, there's so many movies that I believe are really important that have a lot of things to say. What's to say one day like Amazon Prime? I don't they just got rid of a bunch of like cannibal movies and movies that they thought were inappropriate. They took them off their website. No, you're you know, right. Like, yeah. what's to say, you know, uh, something that has a message, you know, like a, a anti-government message, you know, that might be important, like a documentary or something that the streaming service is like, all right, well, uh, FCC is telling us we have to take these down one day and they take them down. And you have no access to them anymore. You never get to see it. Well, I mean, there's like, countries in the world that that do that daily, you know, so yeah, it's like, and that's yeah, what I mean. Yeah. And it, I feel like it's a it's a short leap to that and seeing the fact that there are so many limited options to what these people can watch on a day-to-day basis and you just kind of have to, that's all, that's all you get. And that's why I, I still collect digital media because, or not digital media, <laughs> physical media. God damn it. Just ruin that whole sentence, that whole uh, rant there. No, I, I think um, you're right. Like, um, I think that we are fortunate because ironically, we're talking about something that we watch through digital media to talk about yeah. it. And then we're taking this, our voices and turning it into digital media and then sending it out there. People can listen to it at their leisure. So we're aware of the game. Like don't, don't get, don't get us wrong. We, we know we're in a part of this too. Um, but I also think that, uh, but who's to say they don't, uh, shut down podcasting, you know, like, no, you're right. Like right now it's just kind of the wild, wild west with, uh, podcasting and, uh, streaming. But at some point, there's going to be restrictions on a lot of this stuff. And that's, that's my fear. And when that day comes and we're already seeing like stuff like cannibal Ferox, a great Italian cannibal movie being taken off of Amazon because they don't agree with the content, you know, like that's messed up. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm happy. I own two copies of that movie uncut, you know, and it's not saying that that's the most important film of all time, but you know, I, it, that kind of stuff terrifies me as w- far as like censoring art and censoring people's yeah. messages. I, I want you to get a pirate think, TV station and just play that on a loop. And so people could just tune in. They'll have to get, yeah. like, they'll have to get the old TVs though. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this episode touches on it. There's so many things it touches on lightly, but it makes you think about all of these different things. And I, I think that's just incredible. Yeah. And then like, and then the whole, fake outrage thing, which you, you, I mean, I picked up on it, but you spoke to it better. Um, there's a book out there called, um, angry young spaceman. It's a science fiction book, but it kind of the main character, he, in this, in this future, every single like trend or like, um, I, I don't know, fashion, like any type of like, you know, if you're a punk or if you're a Valley girl, just, those are bad examples, but you know what I mean? Like types, all yeah. of them were pretty much created by companies and put out there. So if you belong to anything, you realize that you're part of corporate culture. 
no matter what you do. And so this main character, he um, got into like involved in the, like this kind of like a kind of like a flash mob type thing where they would get people would get together and get into like fist fights because the actual physical brutality is something that you can't just you know control right so he was yeah. kind of this guy that would do this and there's like there was a whole thing about it like they just kind of show up with their jetpacks and fight and then they'd leave and then he found out that this was actually a long brewing viral marketing type of campaign to get people into the subculture and then like his whole identity just kind of broke apart because he thought he was actually fighting the system and he was still part of it and it's yeah. very like and that's just it i mean yeah. that that's pretty much uh the progression of Bing's character in this episode. Yeah. You know, he thought he was going against the grain, but at the end of the day, he just, I, I mean, he ended up being part of the system he was trying to fight against. Yeah. And he was basically created by them to <laughs> yeah. fill the need. You know, it's, it's, it's terrifying. Well, because we're so, we're so close to it. <laughs> we're, we're in it. <laughs> well, I hope you can sleep well tonight after watching that episode. So anyway, we could talk more about, I'm sure there's plenty more to talk about. Uh, 15 million merits, really good discussion. I'm glad that you dug this episode. Um, did we want to do the twist here and then do the twist for the other one at the end of that one? Or I don't know. Cause we, this is different. We don't yeah. normally do two episodes. Yeah. Why, why don't we, uh, why don't we do the twist on this one? So the twist that he would sell out, like, because in my heart of hearts, I was hoping for something different, and that was just it. Just it just stuck me. I'm going to give it like a four, just because he was so authentic the entire time, and I was hoping for that one redeeming moment, and he almost had it, and then he didn't. And then he just fell in with everybody else. Yeah, I I think I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to give it a four out of five. Um, both twists, the twist um, of when she pretty much gets offered the porn deal. Uh, that was heartbreaking. And then the twist that he ends up getting offered the deal as a talk show host, basically. Yeah. Uh, I did not see either of those coming. And like I said, going into this blind, I think was the best possible scenario because I had no idea what this episode was about other than the whole merit thing and that you're trying to build up merits. And I thought it was more of like a, uh, Facebook likes mm -hmm. type of thing. Oh yeah. Um, um, Before I went into it, that was kind of what was popping up in my head. So there, there's an episode in the third season called Nosedive that deals more with the social appearances and liking of things. Yeah. If, if this one drives you batty, that one's going to drive you nuts just because <laughs> like and it, you, you'll see it's it's a, it's a really good episode. Um, and I, I don't want to tease it too much, but uh, yeah. it's yeah, you you, th you 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 now that you've seen a couple episodes of Black Mirror, do you think they'd stay away from like the social appearances and liking of things? Of course not. Oh, you know, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. So we'll put a pin in, in this episode and then we'll move on to uh, series two, episode two, White Bear and a little bit of audio, and then we'll get right into the episode. So, I guess you're wondering why you're here. But it's time to tell you who you are. And it sounds like they're about to get on a roller coaster, but they're not getting on a roller coaster. Um, that was so quick. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I didn't I just, even get to flip my notes over. <laughs> I, it's just that one, This what this one, what 15 million merits was dense in a lot of, I don't know, I guess they're both really dense, but there's not a lot of... Um, were expositionary dialogue in white bear. Like it does, it, it kind of, it gets its point across. It tells you the story and then, and then, then everything kind of sinks in and we'll get into that more. And I chose this one because when I watched it, 
this this one was just a sledgehammer to me. Like I I just could not get over what was going on, and I really wanted to share it with you. Yeah. Um, well, I'm really glad you picked this because there were a few things in this that uh, really really up my alley. Um, so this episode was directed by Carl Tibbetts, who again uh, did quite a bit of TV for BBC. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you had anything you wanted to mention for him. He, he directed <laughs> one other Black Mirror episode. That's all I got. All right. Yeah, I think it was uh, White Christmas. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. Episodes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this was also written by Charlie Brooker. And was there somebody else on the credit? No, no. Uh, no? Just okay. Him. All right. Um, yeah, so we'll jump into the cast. We have Lenora Krishlow, who plays Victoria Skillane which we don't really get a lot of the names until no. the end of the episode in this. So yeah, I might have trouble recalling character names. Um, the only other two other people I put on here, um, most importantly for me, Michael Smiley shows up. And I wonder Baxter. why. I wonder why this guy's important to you. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Michael Smiley is probably one of my favorite working actors uh, currently. Uh, he usually works with... Um, uh, great British director, Ben Wheatley, who a field in England is one of my, maybe one of my top 20 films of all time. Um, most recently he was in free fire by Ben Wheatley kill list, which has a lot of parallels to this episode structure. I don't know if you've ever seen any of those. Um, I saw, well, no, actually, no, I've not seen any of them. I know you've talked about field in England and I wanted to see free fire. And I think kill list is on Netflix. I should probably get to that. Yeah. Check out kill list. Um, if you like this episode, you'll definitely like that. And then uh, he was in a nice little horror film called The Hollow last two years ago, last year. I don't know. Time's all blending together. It, but Michael Smiley, fantastic character actor. Um, such a great look to him. I just He's so instantly recognizable when he pops on screen. And I don't think I've ever seen a bad performance from him. Yeah. Um, he, um, I was, give me a second. He reminded me sure. of... Um, Oh, what's his name? Uh, Tim Roth. It looked like he'd be like Tim Roth's older brother. Like he has that, that. Yeah. And it was just like, so the first time I watched it, I'm like, is this Tim Roth? And I realized it wasn't. But then, but like this guy, his last name's Smiley and it's like perfect. You know, like it's just, it's very, uh, like that's not the guy, like you, you cast the guy, like well, we'll get into what he does, but it's like his last name is Smiley. So yeah, I thought that was uh, great. Yeah. Um, yeah, wait till you see him in a field in England. Like, <laughs> he, he's perfect for his role in that. Um, and then the only other person I wrote down, because I like the name, and she seems to be an actress who is coming up in the world, is Tuppence Middleton, <laughs> who plays Jem. I That's such a British name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like, I feel like you, you, you would live in, like, I live in northern Tuppence Middleton, you know, as a play. Like, uh, but yeah, like, that's yeah, so the name's version. Tuppence. Tuppence. Um, and yeah, the only thing I have for her from recently is since eight. I know people, some people have liked that, that other Netflix series. Oh, I thought that was sci-fi channel. Oh, no, that's, yeah, I'm that's... so out of the loop on TV, <laughs> <laughs> like current TV. I'm so out of the loop on. Yeah. I mean, there's some other people here too, I, but you're right. There's not the names. They're not, they're not really said. And there's a lot of people that are on screen, but you, they don't actually get a name. So yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Well, since I butchered the beginning of the last <laughs> synopsis, uh, I'm going to let you uh, take us okay. off on White Bear. Yeah. This will probably be easier one to blow through the synopsis. Scene. Morning. A house. No. Uh, so um, we have. Go shot by shot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Victoria she wakes up in a chair in an upstairs bedroom and she's holding her head. Like she, like it looks like, looks like she's been through some rough business and she looks down and she sees that her, her wrists are wrapped almost like a suicide attempt. And she looks over and there's a TV in the corner that's flashing a symbol that looks like a block print. Y, but upside down, it looks like something out of like an Atari game. And it's just this image and this noise playing and it's very disturbing. And she goes and turns that off, comes downstairs There's also some pills on the ground. Oh yeah, there's pills. Yeah. Um, So she's just not sure what's going on. Like, uh, so you as the viewer have little as much information as she does. So she goes downstairs, uh, drinks some water, finds some shoes, and looks over um, in the fireplace and sees some photos. And she sees a photo of a little girl, and there's a flash in her head of this little girl. And she picks the, the picture up and takes it with her. And there's another TV with that same symbol on it. And it's very, very disturbing. I, something about like TVs that just have solitary images that, that don't add up really unnerve unnerved me a lot. She goes outside and she is walking around. Um, and it's, it's basically like a, a housing community. And, yeah, it and, looks like a, a condo community or apartment yeah. complex of some sort. And she's looking up and seeing in the second floor windows of the other houses are people just staring uh, at their cell phones. And then, well, they're, they're looking at her through their cell phones and they're all yeah. just, they're all just recording with their cell phones. Yeah, this was terrifying. And she's she's just yelling, hello, is anyone out there? Yeah. And you just see in every window somebody filming her on their cell phones. Yeah. And then as she walks out to the street. Um, she sees people like in like away from her, but they're all holding their cell phones up, filming her. And she's like yelling out, like, you know, like, can someone help me? I don't like, I don't know what's going on. And then you just, you see a car pull up and it comes to a stop and a guy gets out of the car and he has a ski mask on with that same uh, symbol on his face that was on the TVs. And he goes to his trunk and pulls out a shotgun and just goes towards her. And it's, I'm getting just goosebumps even to saying that. Cause it's like, it's so like matter of fact, you know, and, yeah. and everybody's just standing there with their phones filming her and they're yeah. not helping and they're not reacting. They use a lot of horror cliches in this. Um, but it's, it's almost like a best of, uh, cause everything that works it, that's in this is like a proven terrifying image. Like, and it, it's stuff you've seen before, but it works so well. Yeah, just like something about the, the the knowledge that the person with the gun knows knows enough about you, like in terms of like you're my target, and you don't know anything about them, and every there's always people around that are just observing and yeah, not and helping. She's, she's running and screaming for help, and everyone's just just coming up recording her on the cell phone. And I, and I figured um, that was the moment of the episode where you're just like, I'm in. I'm sure that was like the the the, the Kevin amazing moment of like, I don't know what's going on, but I love this episode. Well, as soon as I saw the symbol on the guy's ski mask, I was sold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, here's here's the weird thing. So we we're driving to the gym after work today, and uh, we we're passing by the hospital, and there's like a uh, there's a little library area. No, the fire station is like across on this corner, and there's a little fence behind the fire station, and 
there was some girl just filming on her cell phone towards the hospital, like kind of hiding behind the fence as we were driving by. And it was, I was, <laughs> Nora's like, that girl's like hiding on her phone behind the fence. And I was like, uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> like it was terrifying. Hit the gas. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh oh. We got to go. We got to go. <laughs> I thought you were going to see like a guy came out of the hospital with a shotgun and just start coming after you guys. That would have been way more terrifying. Um, no, I probably wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> probably be at the police station. Yeah. Uh, so this, this guy gives chase to the um, Victoria and she goes running towards a gas station where there's a, a couple, a guy and a girl filling up and she's yelling for help. And then they see what's going on. And basically they acknowledge the situation. They're like the only ones that actually seem to actually a know what's going on and be acknowledge her as a human being that needs help. So there's becomes this big, like, uh, um, not standoff, but like an attempt to survive while they run into the gas station, the convenience yeah, the, store, the car tire gets shot out. Yeah, so they can't take right. the car out of there. So they basically barricade themselves in the gas station. Yeah. And, uh, they make a plan. The one girl's going to break down the lock on the back door with a fire extinguisher. And then once the guy with the gun comes in, they're going to wrestle him down, take his gun. Yeah. Um, so they end up breaking the lock off. Uh, the back door and while the guy with the gun is being wrestled down the two girls escape through the back door so they're waiting for the the other guy to come back out he comes back out he's apparently been shot and he falls down dead on the ground yeah uh, so they they take off running um because uh, is it the time where you actually meet the other hunters I, I know there's there's other people that eventually yeah, the so pursuit. Yeah, so once the main shooter comes out, they decided it's time to go. So they turn around and they jump behind some barrels and two other killers drive up in a Jeep. And you have one, the guy is wearing uh, a welding mask. Yeah. And he's got a baseball bat. And then the girl is wearing uh, basically the sheep mask from your next carrying a meat slicer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like an electric uh, cutting knife. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's again wrong. Like so, all about that is just like terrifying because you can't see their face, and they decided to wear scary outfits. You know, yeah. So. Again, uh, a lot of horror cliches, but it works when you find out what's what's actually going on. Yeah. So uh, as they're as they're running away. Uh, there's a little bit, a little bit of exposition that Jim's kind of telling uh, Victoria that she says that um, that like you're, you're like you don't remember, you don't know what's going on, and she's like no, and she's like there was a signal that happened and it happened through all the cell phones, and some people all they do now is watch, and others that aren't affected decide they could do whatever they want, and so basically anybody that basically their moral compass fell off, and they're like, well, I'm not, I'm not looking at my cell phone. Guess I'm going to hunt and kill people, and it's kind yeah, of like so yeah. They refer to the people on their cell phones as onlookers, and then the other ones are hunters. Yeah. So, and, and, yeah. and while this is going on, um, Victoria's uh, memory or like she things keep kind of fuzzing in and out, and it's like a digital wipe. Like it keeps kind of like showing up in her memory, and so she's getting these images, and it's like disconnected um, of like the little girl and other things as well. And so she's all like, she is completely discombobulated and, and just is, does not know what's going on other than people are trying to kill her. Um, and at one point she gets a cell phone from one of the onlookers cause she throws a brick at them and they scatter. Yeah. Then she picks up the cell phone and Jim pulls a, um, a taser out and says, drop the phone. Don't look at it cause it will affect you. 
and um, Victoria's like, I just want to see what they were looking at. Why were they recording me? Like, why were they looking at me? And she's basically, the, the Jim's like, I, I will drop you if you don't drop that cell phone. <laughs> and so they, she drops the cell phone. They go running away. The hunters are chasing them down. Um, and then um, a van shows up with. Uh, well, it, they yeah. it, they come up with the plan that they're going to head south because okay, the transmitters right. were taken out down there. Yeah. And uh, the only transmitter between them and where they need to get to is called white bear that's right and this uh, this causes uh victoria to freak out and she's like she's like i know those words that's uh, that's terrifying why did you say wiper white uh bear and uh yeah so she she doesn't know why those words are ringing in her head yeah so uh so they they end up um being picked up by this guy in the van who He's kind of a curmudgeon, but he's like, "Yeah, just get in the van. We're gonna, we, I'll get you out of here." Because the hunter yeah, this chasing is them this down. is Michael Smiley. Yeah, here, so <laughs> I was pumped when he showed up. I like audibly cheered. <laughs> um, like, yes. And so they, there's this debate about where they're going, and they're like, "We're going south." He's like, "Well, I don't know where you're going, but I'm not going south." You know, and it's, it's, I kind of appreciate that trope of just like. Yeah, I'll save your life, but I'm not going to be your personal taxi driver. You know, I kind of, I kind of appreciated that moment of like, I don't care what you guys are doing. I saved your life. That's it. You know, <laughs> type of thing. Yeah. Um, but then yeah, so yeah. she starts, she starts knowing what's going to happen. She's like, we're going to go to the woods. It's going to be safe there. We're going to eat. Like it's going to be fine. And they're like, how, how does she know what's happening in the future? You know? Yeah. And uh, she's like, I think I know you. I've seen you before. Like. <laughs> You, you live out in the woods, right? Something with the woods. And uh, he's like, nah, you don't know me. You don't know me. <laughs> so they they end up going into the woods and there's no cell phone service there. And uh, he starts questioning what they're doing and everything. And the subject of weaknesses come out. And uh, he's like, you guys want to see what my weakness is? And he comes out from behind the van and he's got the shotgun. And the ski so, mask. Yeah, and he's got the ski it. mask. So he, uh, he gives... Victoria, the ski mask, tells her to put it on backwards, and he starts leading them to a new part of the woods. And uh, when you finally reveal what that other part of the woods is, it's like a bunch of bodies almost crucified up mm-hmm. into the trees. Yeah, it's basically like like a, like a kill park, like you know, like a little little section of there, little section of the yeah. trees. Like there's cru- like crucified type things, and he has a whole big like cutting log. He he's going to put a uh, Victorian, and yeah, and it's like he realized that like you know there's no, there's nothing good that's going to happen here, you know? And as that there's the, as that's going on, um, more onlookers start showing up slowly, but surely with their phones and filming all this going on as this girl's getting tied to a tree trunk and is about to be, you know, brutalized. Yeah. So the other girl ends up, uh, running away and, uh, Michael Smiley pulls out a drill and he's about to drill into her neck or her spine or something. And, uh, the other girl comes back and ends up shooting him. And, uh, I, I love that. She's like, Oh, thank you for coming back and saving me. She's like, huh? I was just coming back to get my bag. Yeah. <laughs> Grabs the van keys. and was like, all right, well, let's go. Yeah. yeah. So they end and, up, uh, they end up going to, um, white, the, bear. Yeah, white bear, the transmission station. And, um, there's more flashes of things in Victoria's head. And as yeah, they, we start seeing her husband and, uh, or boyfriend or whatever, we, we find out who he is at the end here. Yeah. Um, but you see that he has a tattoo of the symbol on his neck. Yeah. And I think you actually see a white bear too, with a little girl at that time too. So there's yeah. flashes of these things going on. 
And as they get into the, the transmission station, uh, they uh, go in with this plan of shutting it all down and burning it. And while like that's happening, the hunters show up. And, and there's this big uh, tussle because they're trying to stop the transmission, but the hunters are just trying to kill them. And something happens where the guy, the guy with the welding mask has a shotgun now. And he's distracted, so Victoria goes to grab the shotgun to try to help uh, Jim because she got her arm sliced by uh, Goat Girl. And all of a sudden... This might be be one of my favorite moments I've seen in anything in a very long time. And why I wanted you to watch this episode. So uh, Victoria goes to pull the trigger on the shotgun to blow away the hunter, and a bunch of party favorites and streamers come out of it. Yeah, just uh, just confetti and streamers. And at that time, I lost my mind oh. watching the episode. Oh, yeah. I'm like, what is going on? And and that's whenever... And there's about maybe 15, 20 minutes left in the episode at this point. So, And this one's actually shorter than uh, 15 million merits. So it it I, I, I respect that it's like, oh, no, no, no. We're getting to what's going on, and, and we're not letting you off easy type of thing. So they, they put her in this chair... And as they're in this chair in the, in the TV station, not TV station, yeah, it is TV station, something happens where it's like a false wall and it turns and faces an audience. Yeah, we and, get the Twilight Zone-esque uh, yeah. uh, uh, studio reveal. Yeah. Wh- which one was the episode uh, with the actor? Uh, a, world, a World of Difference? Yeah, the, I think yeah. that was it. Yeah, yeah it was kind of similar to that effect. Yeah. Uh, so you see this whole crowd, and they're actually acknowledging her. Like so, let's just say that they're 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 hooting and hollering and cheering, and she has no idea what's going on. She's freaking out, rightfully so. And so, um, uh, Michael Smiley shows back up again. Uh, his his name in the, the episode is Baxter, so I don't know. I but yeah, I, I, should... I like prefer calling him Mister Smiley because I feel like that's way more dark for this episode than <laughs> Baxter. And that's where he says like he's like maybe we should tell you who you are. And so they turn the the the, the chair back around. There's these big screens there, and they show news footage of what happened with Victoria and her husband or boyfriend where they kidnapped a little girl and um, they ended up uh, burning her alive. And ki- well, they killed her and they burned her body. And, yeah, and uh, you find out that Victoria basically was filming all of this abuse that her, uh, her fiance was doing to this, uh, to this little girl. So she was kind of, uh, you know, she was guilty by association for not stepping in and doing anything. Yeah. So, uh, and because of this, uh, you find out that what's going on now is this is her punishment for one of the, like they, they did this whole thing about how this is one of the most heinous crimes because it was so blatantly horrible. And the fact that you stood there and filmed it and, you know, like witnessed all of this that you need to be punished. Yeah, and, I should say the white bear title and uh, why it's called white bear is because the little girl had a bear that she carried around and it became like the symbol of the search for this little girl. Yeah. So it became kind of part of the uh, publics. Yeah. Uh, so then this this takes a very, um, a very wicker man turn where you yes, find out. And- <laughs> another reason why kevin's gonna love this episode yeah so uh, <laughs> the original wicker man is my favorite film of all time and here, and, and i still have it, not seen that i've seen the nicholas cage one but not the original one um but hey not the bees you know not the bees yeah no not that one <laughs> so, i do want to see the original it's yeah. just incredible it's my favorite film of all time and this has a lot of parallels to that movie and it, it, it even kill list uh has some similarities and that's what i really 
that's what really made me fall in love with Ben Wheatley as a filmmaker was that he made something that felt almost like a modern day uh, Wicker Man. And this was right. It, it, it's right in the same vein of that. Yeah. So you find out that like, so she, she finds out that she has been guilty of this crime, um, but she doesn't really remember it. And we'll explain why in a minute. But so the, the, her day's not over yet. So they, yeah. they basically, they put her in a, um, like in a, a Pope mobile and a Pope mobile. Yeah. And, yeah. and everybody there is throwing like tomatoes, which if you notice, there's a quick little sign about, you know, people can buy tomatoes there and they're holding up their phones and they're all yelling at her. And so they take her, um, she's like, she's in this chair again and they load her into the house and she's just screaming and they take her back upstairs where we first saw her and, uh, Baxter told her, is like, you know, you've had a rough day. Why don't we watch some TV? And he puts this device on her head that wipes her brain. Uh, and it takes about a half hour. He said, and yeah, in the meantime, kind of like short term memory loss. Yeah. And so, and so in the meantime, he puts the video on that she recorded of killing this girl of her, well, her fiance. And as the thing starts scrubbing her brain, just the screams that come out of her are just horrific. And the fact that, and then he also takes a bottle of pills, spills them around her feet. And so it makes it like he, they, they go and reset the entire scene again. And, yeah. um, and so as the thing's wiping her brain, there's someone like sitting outside waiting, just kind of keeping watch. And uh, Baxter goes and resets the entire house. And as he's yeah. moving through the house further and further away from her, <clears throat> her screams are carrying. And it's just, it's devastating. That, and I think, I think the best little moment in this, uh, in this ending scene here is when he goes to the calendar and marks another X on that day. Yeah. And you see that the whole month of October is basically has X's on every day. Yeah. And I noticed it earlier on the episode and I was like, huh that's going to come back, you know? And when it does, and you realize what is going on, that she's basically repeating this day of being filmed and no one helping her and just basically reliving the crime that she committed on a daily basis. It's, it's, it's such an incredible twist. Well, and you watch the credits, right? Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. You get a little bit more, uh, uh, plot during the credits and you see that, uh, (laughs) it's called the white bear justice park. Yeah. And it's basically a prison made, I don't know, exclusively for her or if it's just for uh, just different types of punishments, I, you know. And, but it goes through like basically like the beginning of the day, people go in and they, they sit in this little room and Baxter comes out and explains what's going to happen and how they participate and how the rules are. You can, you can record and in fact, we encourage you to do so, but make sure you stay X number of feet away from them. Don't engage you know, like, so like at the, the, the last two minutes of the episode, like just destroy everything else. Like it makes it so much worse when he's kind of having this fun little talk with all the audience. And then you see her going through her day, like a fast forward version of it, you know, like real quick cuts and how, yeah, and you get to yeah. see it from like different, uh, um, different sides of the same situations you've seen. So you see the guy who gets shot at the gas station, get up and like, did I do a good job? You know, everyone like, yeah, that was really convincing. Yeah, there was yeah. a high five. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. And you get to see the stage open from the, from the audience side when she's in the chair at the, uh, at the white bear facility. And you see yeah, the people getting in position awesome. for the crucifixion and the little kill section, like in the woods, you see them all getting on their ladders and it's just all like, Oh crap, they're coming. They're coming. Then everybody gets in yeah, position. Yeah. We got two minutes. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you see her go like, you see like from the crowd of people throwing tomatoes at her and then you see her back in 
her room and then all of a sudden the very 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 end of the episode is her waking up again and it's like yeah. it is just so the reason i'm torn about this episode it, it's 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 my favorite screw you ending of the entire series so far of what i've seen because it <laughs> it's dark it gets darker and then it goes even darker and it's just like i can't fathom the idea like you you feel sympathy for this woman throughout until yeah. you realize what she's done and then what she's done is horrific and she does deserve punishment. And then the question of, but she doesn't remember what she did. So then does that yeah. become just cruelty versus punishment? You know? And it's like, I, and I, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I didn't study sociology. I'm not a psychologist and I can't speak to the virtues of this. There's just a line where I, I guess if someone had a, a kid taken from them and they were murdered, you'd want to punish this person for as long as they have breath in their body. And I can't imagine that. But, yeah. when, but when you realize that this person is so scrambled in their head, they don't even know what they did anymore. You know, it's like, I, I just, man, that's a, that's a hard decision to make. Yeah. It, it, this is, this is rare that, uh, um, you know, you talk about important media and everything that something makes you question your morality so thoroughly is this episode, you know, because there is I I'm not on anyone's side in this episode. <laughs> like everyone is terrible. You know, it's just who is who's a worse person, basically, you know, the the onlookers, the people that are engaging in this terrible punishment, you know, this uh, un, I I. I think this, uh, you know, this is way beyond the pale of uh, reasonable punishment. <laughs> you know, it, it's it, it makes you question, you know, death penalty, all that kind of stuff. Just because you think of like where where is the line between cruel and unusual punishment, and just uh, I, I, this is my favorite thing is when there is not a likable character in a movie. <laughs> But you feel for everyone. <laughs> yeah. So I know that there, it puts you in such an odd. I, I'm having trouble even uh, emoting how I feel about it because right. it's just I don't want to pick a side in this. And, 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 and that's such good writing. So I know that there's been situations where people have been put on death row and a part of their punishment, the judge has made them write a letter like once a week to the family apologizing for what they did while staring at the photos of the people that they've killed. Like, I, I know that's happened. And I feel yeah. like that's different because they're made to be constantly reminded of what they did. Not that they're ever going to forget, you know, I feel like that is, that, that is the, the punishment of the soul where it's like, you know, we know the body's confined, but we're going to keep reminding you, this is the decision you made. And these are the people you destroyed and you're aware of it where this is, this is the decision that you made that you don't even remember now. And you think that this girl is your daughter, you know, and and you're yeah. made to be put through these extreme traumas every day. And it's just, it's, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a mind screw, you know, like it, it just, that's why, like, once I figured out what was going on, I, I just, I just couldn't think for a minute, you know, watching this episode. Yeah. I had a similar reaction. There's a, it's not the same setup, but it, it's got some similarities with, um, it, kind of uh, losing your mind and not remembering what you're doing. Um, there's a Korean film called vengeance and it's about a guy who his mind is deteriorating as he's going to avenge his murdered daughter. And he has to keep reminding himself what he's doing. And he carries around pictures of all the people he's killing and basically the story. So he doesn't forget 
but his mind is slowly deteriorating. So it's kind of like, uh, Memento. you know, yeah. is it, is it still revenge if you don't even remember why you're doing it? You know? And it's, it's similar to this episode. It's like, is this just if, she, if she doesn't even remember the crime that she committed? Yeah. Well, uh, it's, just, just it's like interesting in, in memento, whenever, uh, Teddy tells, uh, the main character, he's like, he's like, yeah. they, 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 they took the photo. He's like, you look so happy when you did it. I really thought I was going to stick. You know, and it was like, holy crap, you know, like um, it's just this one. It's just like aside from the punishment, which like that, I see how that could work in terms of like a storytelling device. But then when you take it one step further where people are actively buying tickets to observe, you know, that's the part that's the part of this sounds so bad. That's the part that feels the most American about this. And it really bugs me, you know, like, yeah. And, and it, it's yeah. got some similarities to the other episode we just discussed because it's got the uh, desensitized feel to it where people are, you know, they're viewing this through their phone the whole time and it feels like it's almost this hive mind mob mentality. And, you know, you talk about the social justice, you know, people going on basically witch hunts online, shaming people and, you know, trying to punish them. You know, you see it every week. There's some new thing going around, you know, like, oh, this person did this and everyone just constantly attacking them whether or not they know they're guilty or not you know it it, it's got that same vibe um even down to the point when she's in that pope mobile somebody will burn her so the idea of a witch hunt isn't too far off and i think that's kind of what they're going for because i didn't know what was going to happen when i heard somebody yell burn her i'm like are they about to just burn her (laughs) alive but it makes sense though because you said they set the little girl on fire yeah is that that was how it ended? Yeah, so it makes sense that somebody will burn her because like eye for an eye. If you remember, like, it's it's hard because there's a lot going on in the episode. There's definitely a bit where there's a flash of of her of um what's her face? Oh, the main character. Yeah, yeah. There was fire. The, the fire. Yeah. That's right. So it, it it you know it like it it's really tightly written because when you figure out the crime and how every element of the crime that was horrific to people is enacted daily to her in terms of the chase the you know like the unsure what's going on trusting those around you but then having that pulled away from you and and then being observed without any type of caring like it's all like i guess how how do you recreate the mental anguish a child would get you know and that feels like yeah just i don't know this one i it was i was looking forward to watching a second time just because i knew i talked to you about it but this is not something that I want to watch by myself often, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it puts you in a dark place. Yeah. Like it, it makes you think about things that I don't want to think about after working all day. <laughs> well, it's like, <laughs> you d- know, and it's, it's entertaining as hell, but it, you've it, seen it definitely um, puts you in a weird place. You've seen hard candy, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, with, uh, uh, um, uh, Ellen page. Yeah. Diff- yes. Different, different movie, but that's one where your opinions of everybody keeps shifting throughout that's not one that i want to watch by myself but that's one i want to make everyone else i know watch you know because yeah. it's like because it's just like i feel like it's worth watching and just like this like i was telling my wife because she has watched a, a lot of these with me but not all of them because i'll get in this like terror of just like i gotta watch another one i gotta watch another one i keep telling her i'm like please watch this one before you listen to us talk about it because i don't want to give away this this twist this is this is the 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 like the mountaintop. I don't know how much more I could get out of a twist that just caught me completely off guard. Yeah. Um, 
this one really did feel like Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of comparisons with people. I think even the creator said uh, that this was one of the more Twilight Zone episodes that they had done. Um, but I, I could totally see something toned down. Uh, not not exactly this plot, but something toned down to an extent. And I think there was an episode later on that deals with something similar. Um, yeah, actually, and I haven't seen it. And I think it's actually one of the earlier episodes of season two. So we're gonna get there shortly is five, oh, five characters in search of an exit is what people have compared this, like as kind of like a, an addendum to. So, um, oh, cool. yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but yeah, there's people that said this is probably the most twilight zoney of all of the episodes. But I feel like even with both of the ones we just watched that there would have been a point where Sterling would have crossed the line and been like, we're good. We got the character. We got the story. And then, then uh, Brooker's like, no, I'm going to go another 15 feet, you know? And I well, feel like, I mean, it takes, yeah. it takes those dark turns that I always want twilight zone to take that they don't necessarily always take. Yeah. Um, just because of the time, you know, yeah, it's, absolutely. It, I, I think if Sterling was writing stuff today, I, I think we would have got, far darker uh <laughs> twilight zone episodes but i mean we got this yeah this is definitely you know i said spiritual successor earlier this is definitely the spiritual successor to twilight zone it, it, i i don't think i've seen i don't think i've seen any anthology show recently that even even come close in the past 20 years well the, the crazy thing too does. is this is all based upon like the what if of technology None of this yeah. is really like fantasy. It's all like, um, you know, and some of it, the, the little bit of leeway, but everything, everything you see in each, all these episodes are always kind of based on like, wait, there's something almost like that going on right now. And I feel like that almost makes it, I feel like that's going to give this, this series more legs as, t- as, as time goes on, you know, like, as opposed to like a tales from the crypt or a tales from the dark side where you can have your flights of fancy and your monster stories. And those are fun, but yeah. these have like, I cannot wait for you to watch shut up and dance. I cannot wait for you to watch that, that episode. <laughs> it just, it just, it is just, it's another one of these where it's like, what just happened? You know, and, and that one's even more grounded in reality than this one is in terms of like, this could actually happen today and it's way terrifying. And I keep, I keep hinting all these episodes you haven't seen. I'm sorry, but I feel like all okay. these kind of bleed over into each other. You know, well, I, I'm, um, trust me, I'm going to be getting to these very soon. Yeah. <laughs> I so. can't wait to rewatch this one with Nora. It's going to be awesome. Um, what was I going to say? You were talking about uh, so I wipe your brain. So we have to start over again and talk about this yeah, episode. Yeah, let's just let's just go back to the beginning. So uh, it'll be a half hour of screaming. Merit, yeah, and then fifteen we'll million merits. Um, didn't didn't no, that it, image kind of remind you of the silver shamrock a little bit? Like where it was just kind of there on the like the the pumpkin on the TV, where it's like something bad's going to happen with the symbol on the TV. Well, yeah, and that's why I brought up that there's so many horror cliches because as you're watching it, you're like, this is good. Like I've seen this kind of stuff before, you know, down to the image on TV. I mean, it's reminiscent of Halloween three. It's reminiscent of, uh, even Amityville horror with the little Indian logo that pops up on the off air TV. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's stuff we've seen before. And the guy in the mask with the shotgun, you know, I've, I've seen that imagery in the, the sheep mask that we've seen in multiple movies. Um, even remind me of something like purge. Yeah. Um, I was thinking you like know, that, yeah. there, there's a lot of similarities to the purge series in this as well. Um, especially with the hunters kind of just taking advantage of the situation, just doing whatever they want as far as the explanation. But so when it, 
when the rug gets pulled out from underneath you and you find out that all of these people are playing characters just to punish her, it makes sense that they're doing horror cliches because the only purpose they're there for is to terrify her and to torture her. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that they know would be pulled from horror films to scare her. So it totally makes sense that this is just full of those horror movie cliches because that's uh, of course it is because they're just playing characters like none of it's real. Yeah. Like, uh, so it, it makes that it makes all of the things that I would say, like, yeah, that's not that that's not very imaginative. You know, like I, I've seen this so many times. But when you find out, uh, you know, that all this is fake, you're like, this makes perfect sense. Yeah. And it, it fixes all the problems I had before. Yeah, I just I um, I I don't know what else to say. This one is just like I keep calling it a sledgehammer of an episode. And it really, really, really is. And it's just I. I have it's it takes something to knock me sideways to to have to sit there and really think about what I just watched. And maybe it's just me that I don't watch enough challenging things, but I feel like I can approach enough stuff that I can my my brain my brain can process it. This was this yeah. one where I'm like, nah, that's and then and then the fact that like I watched this after finishing that um Netflix miniseries The Keepers, which is like a true crime seven hour thing about like cover up in the Catholic Church and just like I was I had a really dark weekend. You know, so it was like it was really it was tough to be like, oh, I'm going to watch this true crime story. It's really sad. And now I'm going to watch White Bear again. You know, so I watch it, Glow. So. <laughs> I need to watch that. Like I uh, probably it's a little great. bit more, a little more upbeat it's, than uh, Black Mirror. It's it's actually pretty depressing in certain <laughs> parts, but it's it, it's fun. It's it's actually fantastic. Yeah. I loved it. So, uh, but we're not talking about Glow. We're no. talking about White Bear. Yeah, yeah I, I don't have too much else to say. I just. Again, it, it deals with some of those the same things that we talked about in uh, 50 Million Merits, just with the um, the social shaming and the witch hunting and the the fake outrage and uh, that mob mentality and it, the desensitized uh, way we view the world through yeah. technology. You know, it, it deals with a lot of the same uh, themes that the other episode does, but it deals with them in a totally different way mm-hmm. in a way darker <laughs> way and in some aspects i mean i i guess you could argue which one is darker um yeah but (laughs) this one just anything that makes you question your morality and makes you pick sides like that makes you feel that uncomfortable i have to give all the credit in the world to it yeah because it it, and especially you know i watch a lot of terrible films like (laughs) not terrible as in like quality like you know like I, I own copies of the Serbian film and irreversible, like just terrible films, films that you never want to watch more than once, but I own them, you know, I, I consider myself to be a pretty hardened moviegoer. Like it, it takes a lot to really get under my skin, but both of these episodes really got under my skin. And I, I think it's because it, it makes you question your morality so much that it, it, it it gets to the point where you don't even want to think about it anymore. You're like, all right, I got, I got to, I got to wipe my brain. <laughs> right. So, and it, that's that skill. And, uh, yeah, this Charlie Brooker seems to be one of the best writers I've seen in a while working on the uh, TV. Yeah, it's, it's good. And then like even some of the later ones that he didn't directly write, he wrote, he, he's yeah. written the bulk of the series. There's still, still some really, interesting ideas here so um let's just get to the twist and then we'll we'll wrap it up here cool 
I'm going to give this a five. This is because I, I can't, it'd be silly of me to talk about how, how taken aback I was and be like, yeah, it was a three. No, it was a five. Like the whole bit with the gun, you know, then the whole episode just turns in the last 15 minutes. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. going to show my cards. Uh, that confetti moment, uh, gives this episode a five <laughs> for the twist. Like I, I totally agree with you. <laughs> like, it's like, did you see, um, Oh, uh, what was the movie? Uh, the home invasion movie that was remade in America. Um, Oh shoot. Uh, had Naomi Watson and Tim Roth. Um, go you, figure. Yeah, I know. What, what is it called? Um, Oh shoot. I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, it's, uh, you're watching this home invasion going on. And then all of a sudden one of the, the characters gets a gun and shoots one of the, the kids invading, uh, funny games. That's the movie. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. 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 And then like they get the gun I've and seen they, the original, I haven't seen the, uh, American version. Oh, I mean the same director. So I'm sure yeah. it falls the same yeah, beats and they get the gun and they kill the one, the one home invader. And then they, then they, then they stop and look at the camera and break the fourth wall. They're like, that doesn't happen. Like that is kind of that level of like, we are the observer and we're rooting for the person to get out. But the, why are we really watching this? You know, like it kind of calls into question our passive observation of violence, you know, yeah, and it forces you to look at yourself. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's basically uh, reflecting what you're watching back at you by them breaking the fourth wall. And it's, it's the same as this, you know, yeah. <laughs> So that's, yeah. that's a great correlation. I'm, so. I'd say again, I'm over the moon that, that you really dug both of these. I knew, I knew you'd like them, but I think I've been chomping at the bit to talk about white bear with anybody for a long time. So I'm glad you liked it. This is, it's, it's been one of my, um, not favorite. Cause how can he, how can he say you like something like this? But it's been one of my favorite things in the past couple of years, like just in terms of just the total package. Well, like I said, with, with the episode kind of unfolding, being similar to the wicker man and even some of the scenes reminding me, you know, there's the great twist at the end. And when people start coming out at the end of wicker man was real similar to when uh, they were down in the woods and the people started coming out from behind the trees and everything. Um, I mean, anything that gives me the feeling of watching the wicker man for the first time, uh, I'm going to love it. <laughs> that that yeah, makes I mean, sense. It comes down to that. <laughs> if it's something remotely similar, it's the reason why I love hot fuzz. You know, it's got the same kind of pulling the rug out from underneath you. And that's true. Uh, yeah. And that's why I love that movie too. So if I said to you, when we dig into twilight zone, the next season, uh, if we get to the midpoint, like we were trying to do the first season and we never picked up anything and we just kept going. If I said to you, Kevin, would you like to stop a midway through and talk about more black mirror? I, I think that would probably be a yes right now. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'd be down because, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to be digging through this series as I have time the next couple of weeks here. Perfect. Cool. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's going to cover these two episodes. I'm glad, I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation because I sure as hell did. This was a lot of fun. Um, and I know we'll get back to your regular scheduled programming of twilight zone next week uh, or whenever we get to it. I, I, it's the summer. Things are challenging. Uh, so Kevin, how can people get a hold of us? Oh man, I haven't done this in a while. <laughs> uh, you can find us on Facebook, Strange Highways. Uh, join the conversation on there. Love to hear what you guys think about these episodes of uh, Black Mirror, and uh, let us know. You know, for that mid-season break that we will definitely do this season, <laughs> we didn't do the first one. Um, let us know what episodes you might want us to cover, and you can also let us know at Strange Highways Podcast at Gmail you can leave us feedback on there, uh, emails, uh, voicemails, whatever you want to do. 
Uh, what else we got? You can uh, subscribe to us yeah. on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, Google Play Podcasts. Oh, yeah, iTunes is uh, Apple Podcasts now or something. Um, yeah, if you can go in there to- and, and rate and review us and give us uh, – you know, five stars. I mean, or or one star, but I'd hopefully five stars. That would be that'd be super helpful. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I mean, whatever. How many uh, stars do you think is appropriate? I would say five, but I'm biased. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, please reach out. I know we had some uh, feedback last last episode. Really fun to hear from uh, some of the people listening. Let us know you're out there. Let us know if you're enjoying the show. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to get into the season two finally. Yeah, I believe and, season uh, two first episode is the King Nine will not return. Um, that's one of my favorite titles of anything of all time, and, I, <laughs> and it's, it's such I have no idea what that means, but I just I want to know what happened to all the other kings, and I don't think that's really what happens. Um, Last but, time my title really intrigued me was I shot an arrow <laughs> into the air, and uh, now I'm scared. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, so <laughs> yeah, you know I'm I'm excited every time I log in on Netflix, it pops up like continue watching Twilight Zone. I'm like no, not yet. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> so, but yeah, summer break is over. So, uh, next episode should be coming much sooner than this one did. Yeah. So all right. Uh, anyway, guys, um, I hope you enjoyed this, uh, and then we'll see you next time for more Twilight Zone. Yep. All right. See you guys. Resume viewing. Resume viewing. Resume viewing.